Welcome to the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. The Transform Your Teaching Podcast is a service of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. We seek to inspire higher education faculty to adopt innovative teaching and learning practices. Thanks for joining our conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Teaching Podcast. I'm Jared Piles, and with me is Dr. Rob McDowell. We're continuing our series on servant teaching. You heard from Dr. Hutchison in our last episode, and we're continuing our discussion with some faculty here on our campus, and we want to continue that today with one of my former professors here at Cedarville, Mr. Jim Leitenheimer. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. So as you're aware, and we've been going through servant teaching, and we want to ask you a couple questions about your teaching practice and how you see the importance of integrating service in your instruction and helping students stuff. But before we do that, give us kind of a background. What do you teach? What's your discipline? What brought you to Cedarville? Sure. I teach in the communication department, specifically the broadcasting, digital media, and journalism portion of that program. Courses that I specifically teach, everything having to do with audio production. So audio production, sound design, digital audio post, audio for video and film, variety of different practica. I do the sophomore and the senior seminar programs as well. I've taught many other things as well. I have a part in the intro to broadcasting and digital media class. Uh, But those are the things I teach right now. My undergrad is from Cedarville. I came here as a freshman majoring in undeclared, (laughs) had no idea uh, where I was going, what I was doing. God worked in my life that freshman year. I really majored in extracurricular that year. Didn't do too well. My advisor was the, uh, the registrar. He played for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He was a center, an imposing figure of a man. <laughs> but I went in to see him for counseling for my sophomore year, and I think he had done some character assessment on me, and he's like, you shouldn't even come back. Oh, man. Because I don't think you're serious about this. I'm, I'm serious about this. But in the meantime, uh, starting my sophomore year, I did come back. Starting my sophomore year, God brought to Cedarville someone very influential in my life, a faculty member, Dr. Wes Baker, and he inspired me. I also entered the comm major as a double major. I did uh, broadcasting and speech. So I had two advisors, Wes Baker and Jim Phipps, both inspiring men. They both captured my imagination, caused me to vision, believed in me, built me up, and uh, I started making the dean's list. A faculty member who, and, and a, an administrator who, who diagnosed a young man who needed an adjustment and um, applied, applied a little bit of, of wisdom and, uh, yeah, and then God providing excellent faculty members. And that really sparked my trajectory. I, I was uh, very passionate about the broadcasting program and all that uh, Wes Baker brought to it. I had the privilege as well of working for the University FM Network from my sophomore year uh, through almost to graduation. A lot of hours every week. I picked up a lot of on-air experience. A uh, month before graduation, I got my first job post-college, kind of pre-post-college. Went to work at a radio station in Dayton, did the afternoon drive program, and was also public affairs director. Did that for a couple of years. I was getting ready to move to a different job. I was applying for a job in St. Louis. So I called 
my prof, Wes Baker, said, hey, can I use you for a reference? You know, I'm getting ready to apply for a job elsewhere. And uh, he said, funny, you should call today of all days. Your name came up in a meeting today. We're looking to expand the broadcasting program here, and we'd love to have you come, but we didn't think you'd be interested. We thought you are happy where you're at. I'm like, well, God is moving. I'm looking to do something else. And that started the process, and um, I had the privilege of coming on as an instructor and uh, pursuing a master's degree over five years, commuting back and forth to OU. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of the story of, of how I came. Tell me about what you think your overall philosophy is uh, towards teaching students based. Maybe it's informed by your background. Maybe it's something different. Yeah. Um, I'm thrilled to be teaching in a place like this because I really think that what we do has the opportunity to make a difference, not just here and now and in the next 20, 30 years, but I think in eternity. And I, I found a quote recently, and if you guys don't mind, I'll read it to you. Uh, this is from Daniel Webster. He said, if we work upon marble, it'll perish. If we work upon brass, time will efface it. If we rear temples, they'll crumble into dust. But if we work upon immortal minds, if we imbue them with principles, with just fear of God and love of our fellow men, we engrave on those tablets something which will brighten to all eternity. So that's a little bit of, of why I enjoy teaching in a place like this. And what I do specifically, and I joked around a little bit beforehand about I think somebody else talked about imposter syndrome. I'm in the presence of brilliance, you know, working with Wes Baker. You know, Jared. Oh, yeah. Brilliant man. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I always tried to be like him, but I could never, you know, I I wasn't built the same way. It took me a long time to determine that my gifts came in a different form. My approach, I think, starts with a passion for my discipline, which is communication, specifically broadcasting and digital media. And my belief that in our field, as I'm sure is true in many fields, but in our field, it's not enough to share content. You also have to give people the opportunity to get their hands on it, to practice it day in and day out. It's not just enough to read it and pass a test. Uh, It involves applying it. So providing students with opportunities to apply it on campus and beyond through practicums, internships, co-curricular opportunities. That's been a lot of what I've done here is provide co-curricular opportunities for students to practice. That's like with Resound? And yes, sir. What other co-curriculars have you been a part of? Well, that's the primary one. Before we had Resound, we had the University FM Network, and we were blessed to be able to get a number of students in there getting experience as students. But as they professionalized, they hired more and more full-time staff, and there were fewer places for students at And that's when we saw the need to develop student radio so that students would have something that they could do starting freshman year and build four years of experience uh, to fit them better for just walking right out of school and into entry-level positions and stations and networks. I'm a product of that program, so I appreciate the four years of experience that I was able to get here as a student. So let's talk specifically. Give me some practical aspects. You talk about the philosophy that you just mentioned, how does that inform your day-to-day instruction? That could be, you know, how you deliver your content, how you relate with students. Well, one of the things that I think is really important as a teacher is, again, to get to know your students really well. 
to the point where you can see in their lives the gifts that God's given them. Sometimes they don't see them. They don't see them yet. And to help them discover them, you know, they may have a goal to go this direction. In our field, a lot of people immediately, the first thing they think of is performance. I want to be on camera or on microphone. But it's very easy to see giftings that are different than that and to share with them, you know, you could do that, but, you know, I, I see these things in you that would fit you to pursue this path or that path. So I think getting to know students, spending the time to do that is very important. And it's hard to do that if you're just meeting with students in a classroom. So something like Resound Radio, a co-curricular opportunity where you work with them almost every weekday, and sometimes you spend parts of weekends with them as well, I think that's very important. They get to apply what they're learning every day. Other things that we do, again, through Resound Radio, uh, it's not just me working with students. We get a lot of professionals, including some of our graduates, who form mentoring relationships with our students. For instance, on-air staff. Uh, some of our senior on-air staff are privileged to have professionals who are graduates who are consulting with them every week and reviewing their on-air work and helping them to develop their skills. Added benefit to that is, you know, we've shared, we're not just providing a mentoring relationship. Uh, students are being exposed to their network as well, and they're growing by leaps and bounds. They have opportunity in many cases to get work that goes beyond the, the mentorship. The, the mentor sees that they are fit to do the job, and they connect them immediately with opportunities on radio stations, podcasts, all, all sorts of opportunities. So pro connections, mentoring, taking students to professional conferences. You know, it's my belief that when you put students in an environment with professionals where they get to learn from the people who are the leaders in a particular field, where they get to network with those people, where they get to ask questions, where their work can be evaluated, again, it puts them in a very good position for not only learning, but also for preparing for the next steps. Yeah, employment. So my approach is, I think, a very hands-on practical approach. Your practical hands-on approach reminds me an awful lot of apprenticeship. What I'm hearing from you is that you purposefully seek out students and build relationships with them to understand who they are what God's created them to be. And then it seems that you're saying, you know, I look for those opportunities to speak into their life. So that takes time. So would you be able to reflect on that, give us some ideas of what's your general pattern of, of how you go about doing that? Well, a getting to know them starts in the classroom as you see them perform in assignments and as they come to you for help. I think something else when you show up for students in that way, and one of the first questions out of your mouth, the first time I meet with an advisee, I try to ask, how can I help you get where you see God taking you? How can I help you? Um, and advising sessions in my office, I think some of my most important work done here has been done in my office with students who are sharing an issue or, or wrestling with a question. God's given me the opportunity to build relationships. You know, it Maybe somebody talking to me about a family problem or a dating issue or, you know, a financial problem or whatever. I think those kind of relationships 
help to get to know them. We've also, we, even before we had student radio, uh, we had an organization for students to get together outside of class. We would do learning activities. We would do social events. You know, we would do media field trips. We would do campouts with our with our Resound leadership team. Jared knows this. Yes, I'm well aware of these campouts. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, we we have a thing called boot camp where we bring students back after having been apart for several months to get the radio station booted back up and ready to go. Basically, ten days to do that. The first couple of days we spend would be te- team building days. We would travel somewhere. Uh, we've done rafting on the New River. We've done spelunking. You know, slept in a cave. Has Jared slept no, in a cave? No, that was no, after we my didn't. time. Oh. Or I think in bef- before your time yeah. too. We we had a little clause there, but, and a little exception clause where we didn't do that. I to think you. it was because of me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make him do? I, I really want to. I don't think we made Jared do much of anything. <laughs> I mean, we didn't make him. He did a lot, but we didn't make him. We did go paintballing. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, okay. yeah. But but a lot of those kind of activities, too. Uh, a lot of that, again, centered around Resound, but even apart from that, before we had a Resound, that my first eight years here, we were working to get it. It took eight years to do. So we had something to pull the students together, and we would bring in speakers, and we would do field trips. You know, we'd have a bring in a media professional to do a writing seminar or a production seminar or those kind of things. But in those opportunities, we'd, we'd had students in our home. Did you ever come for Mrs. El Ch- El's Chili oh, yes. and my, my pie and bread? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. So just a lot of interaction with students where you get to know them in and out of the classroom. That helped me to do what I, to do, what I do here. We talk often about teaching the whole student when it comes to instruction. Can you speak a bit to how your instruction teaches the whole student or what's your philosophy, your thoughts on that? Well, obviously, as we share content and as we, I think that quote I read from Webster, where we're working on not just um, physical aspects, but on spiritual aspects, aspects that, that count for eternity, I think that's a lot of our focus too. You know, everything we do passes through the lens of what does God have to say about it, you know? Where does it come from? Our discipline. You know, we look at we look at what God has given us in our discipline in terms of, you know, creativity. The ones that I focus on particularly are are are, are sound. God gave us sound, dialogue, sound effects, music, and he created the mind to interact with those things in such a way that we can tell stories if we tell them effectively that really make a difference in people's lives. They change people. So looking at it in terms of how God would have us use it and have an impact on people, uh, obviously the meat and potatoes of giving them knowledge in an area, giving them opportunities to apply it, and getting professionals to speak into their lives. You know, we can have targets about what we think they need to know, but one of the filters I try to run things through is, okay, here's what I think. What's that look like to the person who's going to interview them for a job? So we're constantly kind of looping back to professionals who are in the field about what these people need to be. And most of the people that I place in my field, most of them probably go into Christian media. If you take the high, you know, there are a number who take the high road of, of being salt and light in a, in a place that's challenging. And I know you went into a place like that after school, Jared. But again, just finding out from the people who are at the source looking for people, what, what is it you need? What do they need to know? 
and that makes it challenging to keep things up to speed. Everything in our field changes not only yearly, but sometimes daily, weekly, monthly. One of the things that I haven't heard you really say is servant teaching, but that's what I'm hearing. So when we use that term, how do you react to that? How do you respond to it? I know when Dr. Hutchison had a, a very specific reaction to it, I believe it was along the lines of, it's not so much for him a phrase as much as that it was and is who he is and who God's called him to be. I think I kind of hear that from you, but I wanted to wanted to hear you elaborate a little bit more on just that term, an honest evaluation of it. Well, it, I like the term, and I think my response would be much like Dr. Hutchison's. It's not a term I use. It's not one I have thought about, but it's one that I hope would describe who I am. I, I want to serve Christ and my students by preparing them well, by caring about more than their academic performance, by fitting them for life uh, spiritually, professionally. The spiritual part of it, obviously, uh, more important even than the professional part. Uh, so I would hope that would apply to who I have been, to who I want to be. Again, for me, that's the greatest pleasure I have is meeting a need that a student has, whether it's a need in the classroom or out of the classroom. I love connecting good people to good people. I love representing a student to a prospective employer, connecting them to my network. You know, if I've got a student that I'm confident in, it gives me great pleasure to meet a need that an employer has for a trustworthy, qualified uh, employee of good character. So yeah, I, I would hope that typifies who I am. I, I appreciate you've said this a couple of times, but I have a personal account of your willingness to not just meet the needs of the students in the classroom. I, I will say that you don't you don't like to brag on yourself, but I do believe that you do epitomize servant teaching. You have been working in students' lives for, not to make you sound old, but for decades. So you are pretty old, though. <laughs> so. Thank you. I um, would like to hear you say something to new faculty. I'd like you to take the opportunity to share that implicit philosophy of servant teaching that you do have. What one thing would you leave with faculty and say, above all else, fill in the blank? I think the number one thing that I would, I would encourage faculty to do is embrace opportunities to get to know the students outside of classroom. And one of those is advising. And I know there are people with a lot of advisees and a heavy class load and lots to do, but I believe that there's more, God does more business in those advising meetings than he does in any other. I, I would hate to see the advising process ever taken away and automated or, you know, and there are a lot of great tools out there that help us, but really the importance of meeting them every term, sitting down, asking them how they're doing, and even freshman year, hey, where do you see God taking you? What's your vision? Do you have a vision? Have you been praying for a vision? Where are you going? How can I help you get there? What can we do? And sometimes it's not just a one size out of the box, you know, take these classes, do these things. But we have the opportunity to customize the experience for students. You know, you need to do an internship with this person in this place after your junior year. 
And you know what? They don't do internships. So we got two years to figure out how to get you in the door there. We've had opportunities to do that for students, but really just spending the time embracing that is one of the best things we get to do is getting close to the students to the point where we, we know who they are and we see their giftedness and then we're able to help them get there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mr. L, as he's... Now, uh, before we go, tell everyone the story of why it's Mr. L and not Leitenheimer. Uh, it happened in my very first class, Intro to Broadcasting. I was standing outside waiting for the previous class to get over, and uh, I was young. <laughs> I was 24. And there was another student, talkative fellow, standing there, and he's like, hey, are you a broadcasting major too? <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm like... Make you feel like, good. Yeah. He goes, do you know anything about this professor? I'm like, well, he's new, so there's not much, you know, nobody seems to know anything about him. We went into the class. I sat down by him for a couple minutes, then I got up and walked to the podium. He was the one who, I think somebody mispronounced my name. Jared, you would appreciate that. Yeah. Somebody mispronounced my name, and that student said, well, we'll just call you Mr. L. It's easier that way. I'm like, and it's stuck. It's stuck. It's stuck. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jim. Uh, we appreciate your time. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of the Transform Your Teaching podcast. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Transform Your Teaching podcast. Please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform. For more information, you can email us at ctlpodcast at cedarville.edu. Please consider subscribing to our blog, Focus, found at cedarville.edu forward slash focus blog.